Hey y'all, this podcast is meant for mature audiences only and contains strong adult language. So if you are under 18, be out. We discuss our experiences, thoughts, and tips on ethical non-monogamy from the perspective of a black married couple. We smart, but we not experts. So this show is for entertainment purposes only. So whether you working out, driving, or listening to us on your home sound system, enjoy the show. Here we are, everybody. Hello, welcome to the Black and Kinky Lifestyle Podcast. This is the Bomber. And the Bell. So I want to talk, so you know what I want to talk a little bit about? You know what I came across the other day? Mm. Uh, I came across a a video uh, that's making the rounds on social media. I haven't watched the whole thing yet. It's actually a video featuring, no bullshit, Nicki Minaj and fucking um, Kevin Samuels, which is like the blackest thing you can ever fucking see. Uh, (laughs) You know, um, and they're talking and I thought it was fake. I was like, no, this can't be Nicki Minaj talking to this nigga. Like, what? That can't be a thing. And it it is. And they, they had a cordial conversation. Apparently, at some point, it kind of went off the rails. But I, I don't I don't know. I didn't, I didn't I didn't watch the whole thing. I, I, I cannot listen to Nicki Minaj talk um, on. A, I, I don't know. I couldn't listen to her talk on that platform. She sounded like she was drunk or something like I don't know. She was really <laughs> slow. She didn't. I don't know, Kevin Samuels, you know, he has a very intellectual way of speaking a lot. He'll spit facts at you, and I feel like Nicki Minaj doesn't talk like that, but she doesn't need to. She's Nicki Minaj, right. and that's what made it so difficult to listen to. But anyway, uh, I I didn't want to talk about that, but I just I, I kind of wanted to reflect on the battle of the sexes that, that seems to be going on in the black community right now. Like, mm. You know, and thinking about like Black History Month and what's going on on social media, there is some real ugliness going on. Mm. Um, there's some beauty. There's a lot of beauty, but there's like there's like these fringe groups. So, mm-hmm. like you know, there are a lot of black men that are just online, just talking shit about black women. Just what's new? You you know you know the 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 narratives like mm-hmm. black women want too much like you know they're not average black chicks ain't trying to settle for black men then you got some of the darker some of the darker issues around you know black single mothers and what they're doing to our black boys and people could really go down the rabbit hole when it comes to this shit like mm-hmm. you know child support is a weapon that the government's using to turn black women against black men oh, um there's some validity to it but you know mm-hmm. uh, but it's like men are making there's some really ridiculous notions out there like that that i'm hearing um unfortunately i have a family member who is literally becoming infected by a virus <laughs> that is very anti-black woman yes and so he'll say some of the craziest shit and i have to tell him i'm like yo son you gotta you gotta let these youtube videos go man they're turning your brain into mush yeah. like he'll say some shit like yo you know you know, women, they they bleed from their pussies every month because they're giving birth to death. They need... <laughs> they I'm <need>, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what? They need a man to give it life. <laughs> Men equal life givers. <laughs> and I'm no. like, wow, you really flipped the whole pregnancy right. over on its head. Like... <laughs> 
the fact that these chicks have to carry the shit for nine months and <laughs> can die like <laughs> the fuck <laughs> like your little semen ain't nothing nigga like what <laughs> do you know what we have to do oh my god we make whole new organs for <laughs> us and another person like the what okay anyway no the thing that killed me that this person said was like yo we gotta help we gotta hold these baby mamas accountable for having babies with all these d- niggas out here like they just ha- having babies by all these different dudes we gotta hold these women accountable i'm just like but but the niggas though <laughs> 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 like, like she's not making these babies by herself <laughs> what <laughs> why are we just holding one party accountable like i don't understand so the niggas just supposed to run around just spreading their seed everywhere just like okay whatever like don't worry about him but you you bitch (laughs) have not a babies hold you accountable i yeah yeah it's it's too so i i could go all day it's really it's really ridiculous it is you know so but there are guys who are just kind of you know kind of feeding the red meat but this is happening on the woman's side too like when it comes to talking about um talking about you know talking about niggas like you know (laughs) niggas ain't shit you know Mm -hmm. niggas walk around here smashing chicks got no loyalty got no education (laughs) you know um got no jobs like there's a lot of women just shitting all over black men Mm -hmm. um so there are a lot of these extreme groups now there was this one video I had seen um, where a chick kept it real. She was like, you know, she she had, you know, she had a nice body, fat ass or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she was thinking about the criticism about like women like her not not offering nothing to the table or not bringing any anything to the table but her fat ass. <laughs> um, and she was like, yeah, nigga, that's what I'm bringing to the table. Like, that's what you want. And you got money, and that's what I want. <laughs> we both getting what we want. Right. And once you get tired of it, or I get tired of you, I'm just gonna move on to the next nigga. <laughs> At some point, I'm gonna find somebody that I actually like and want to be with. And so she rattled down a list. She was like, first of all, a lot of y'all with money, that's all y'all got. Y'all yeah. got money. Y'all get, ain't got no personalities. Nope. Y'all ain't got no originality. Nope. Y'all can't really hold down a conversation. Sure you got can. no inspiration. Mm-mm. Like nothing but you got money like take me to the club and pop some bottles nigga like I, and i'll and i'll be on you know i'll, I'll and your I'll face be... look like the back of a tire <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> but you got money though yes so i want to so so but but what i want to do is i want to give a shout out i want to give a shout out right we got we got these extreme groups mm-hmm. but the truth of the matter is that most of my black people are out here they're dating they're finding their queens they're finding their kings mm-hmm. they are having they are having effective communication no toxicity no drama they are working together and they accept each other and they are not necessarily you know walking around here painting these really false narratives of what black women are and what black men are they are meeting each other as individuals shout out to all those couples that are not shout out to all those men shout out to all those women shout out to all them lesbian couples all them gay couples (laughs) that are not getting poisoned by this toxic culture we have around gender 
sex and relationships. Um, there are a lot of men and women out there and otherwise that have been hurt, that are feeling pain, mm-hmm. that need some fucking healing. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. this does not stop them from picking up a mic and talking that bullshit Absolutely. on these social media platforms. So shout out to my brothers and sisters. Shout out to my queens and kings. Shout out to my princes and princesses. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's it's so interesting and weird to see like kind of what's and, and we're looking at it from the outside see what's going on in the dating culture now because when mm-hmm. we got together like social media wasn't as big as it is now and you didn't have all of these like gurus and relationship nope. experts like there just wasn't all of this conversation and commentary about relationships and love and you know all of that meeting your person and how you get with people um that was available like you had your friend group like you you know your Mm -hmm. personal intimate friend group you might be hearing some stuff um from them but it wasn't you weren't being inundated with all of this these ideas and information from social media Mm -hmm. and now i feel like a lot of the pages i follow and a lot of the instagram um influencers that i felt like you're constantly getting information about like who you should be dating how they should be treating you you know what your expectation should be um and if people aren't especially young people if people aren't really taking the time to analyze like what's right for them like what is the right fit for me not what i think i'm supposed to have in a partner but you know what is the right partner for me you know, you can get bogged down in like, well, I'm supposed to have all these expectations and this person is supposed to be all of this and that. And I can't, you know, take less than this and what have you. And not saying that you should ever shortchange yourself or um, consider yourself worth, worth less than, but like, just like, sometimes you just need to take a break from what all these other outside influences are saying and really analyze, okay, what, what do I want in Mm -hmm, my life mm -hmm. and what kind of partner fits that path um because when we met each other and we got together we were not where we are now like we were we we're completely different people and if i had had a lot of the expectations that i think a lot of these individuals on social media put out there like we wouldn't be together yeah um and and the same, oh, I think, goes for, goes for you. But the thing was, for me, like, okay, you weren't, you didn't, you know, didn't have all, all the money at all. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't have the style or fashion sense, you know, the, um, like. I didn't have the charm I had. The charm, now. yes. The charm, <laughs> like any of that. But I knew what I wanted for my life and a partner. And I could see that there was potential there. Like, mm-hmm. you weren't there. But I and it's not like and it's not don't get it to don't get get it twisted. It's not like, oh, I can change him. I can make him what I want him to be. It was just that I could see the vision that you had for yourself mm-hmm. um, and that there was there were there were twinkles there. There was inklings there of what could be. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, the situation was right, you know, could we create an environment together so that we could both flourish Mm -hmm. and be our best selves? Um, And so I think you, you know, and that takes a lot of intuition and awareness and self-awareness to see that. But when your mind is so clouded by all this other garbage, Mm -hmm. you'll miss out on that. Wow. And you'll miss your blessing. 
Wow, that's 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 some real stuff. That's some real stuff. It's 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 beautiful, but it's also very scary. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, because what you are, what you're reminding me of right now is because I have I have a close friend, and you know this friend, mm-hmm. um, and he, you know, we're we're in this group chat together, mm-hmm. and he would bring up different points about about women and we all bring up points about women like i'd be like yo check out this video i saw like you know check it out and everybody would have a response to it but there was something really interesting about his because what he would do is he would listen to the video you know sort of give his give his response but then he would talk about an argument he had with a woman on social media mm-hmm. like he would reference it and he would just go you know she said this and then i said this and then i said hold on let me let me let me say this and so he would recite the argument and the rest of us in the chat would be like nigga why are you arguing <laughs> right. with chicks on the online <laughs> yeah. like you can't do like you're wasting time right. like we we know where the argument is going it goes in the same direction every time you tell it and recently he said, because, uh, you know, he has a social media, you know, presence, mm-hmm. um, but he decided that he was going to stop all of it um, because it, he realized it was really clouding his his brain. It was getting in the way of his relationship mm-hmm. and he just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. But after he said that, I was reflecting on some of the arguments he, he would say he would have. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, shit, he was really falling into this trap. Yeah. Um, and he's an intelligent dude. Mm-hmm. So it's like if it could happen to him, I'm just imagining how many other single people are falling into these rabbit holes and, and really staying out in these streets um, and complaining that they can't find someone. But in reality, the reason why they're having such trouble finding a relationship is because they're so clouded by all of this toxic rhetoric Mm -hmm. online um and so they will fail to get relationships listen to the toxic rhetoric rationalize why they're failing Mm -hmm. to get relationships and fail to get relationships because they're still listening to this crap (laughs) so it's like it's 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 yeah it's a cycle it's a really bad cycle um and we didn't have any of that like it wasn't an issue we had to worry about in fact you know we were in a long distance relationship like the universe i mean many assumptions would suggest that we shouldn't have worked out at all so um you know uh and i I know for a fact anyone who heard if we had posted our story online, people would think we're crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it it is really interesting that you you said that. So th- thank God that we're 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 married and we <laughs> didn't have to go through all of that bullshit. Um. All right. So I just wanted to acknowledge that for all my, all our black listeners out there, I hope you're not getting poisoned by social media. It is toxic. It is dangerous for relationships. If you're in a rabbit hole right now, get out of it. Yeah. I mean, just just take a break, even if it's just for a month. Just take a break and just see how you feel, you know, whether it's deleting your your Instagram, your Twitter or just unfollowing some folks. Just just see how you feel once you clear the air. Yeah. And I'll 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 say just practically like the unfollowing thing. There were a lot of guys I was following just because I, I 
find them funny like mm-hmm. you know both white and black like yeah. people would just talk about women in relationships um i stopped following kevin samuels a long time ago if you haven't gotten tired of kevin samuels <laughs> dogging out black women like if you haven't gotten tired of that shit yo you might have a problem i'm yeah. telling you like it's the same shit he does the same shit in every video you're too fat you're too ugly ma'am you're average at best you're ugly oh. kill yourself i mean oh <laughs> Yo, stop listening to that shit, fellas. Um, and yeah, so uh, I hope some I hope somebody's listening to this. I hope y'all hearing us. Um, we need to get together and create some more beautiful people. It's a crazy world out there. Yeah. Uh, we need each other. Um, and so with that, uh, we'll get to our final set of uh, interviews. You are listening to the Black and Kinky Lifestyle Podcast. Hey, to all you sexy listeners out there, I know y'all just loving this episode. But if you have been tuning in monthly to hear Bomber and Belle, you have to check them out on Patreon. Every week they upload more steamy details of their play sessions, hilarious stories, and erotic private photos. Go to www.patreon.com forward slash black and kinky and donate at least $2 a month to get exclusive access. Hope to see you there. Bye, sexies. All right, what's up, y'all? Black History Month is upon us once again. As you know, the Black and Kinky lifestyle exists because we believe in spreading the message of sex positivity and ethical non-monogamy to our people, for better or for worse. And this year, we're going to have you here directly from some content creators that you may or may not have heard of. So next, we have Miche, uh, who is a duly licensed and certified uh, trauma therapist and sex therapist. She believes in the power of living as one's authentic self and the freedom that comes from changing perspectives. She loves putting the puzzle pieces together of an individual or couple sexual energy and aiding them in positive and exploratory movement. Her coaching work implements creative synergy, openness, self-expression, and the confrontation of challenges through self-determination. She helps individuals from diverse populations move forward with their goals while being fully aware of how trauma can affect the whole person. Miche works with a coaching practice called Expansive Connections, which is a team of coaches that are ready to support individuals, couples, and moresomes on their life journey. There, they seek to support you as you grow mentally, physically, and emotionally. Uh, They bring a variety of experiences to provide an integrative, holistic, and collaborative approach to relationship coaching, free from judgment and focused on goals. Okay, so you heard that lovely introduction, and I'm so excited to say we have uh, we have Miche on our show right now. Hey, Miche. Hey there. I'm really excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited to have you here. You know, um, so we had a call recently, and you uh, disclosed that you listen to our show. Like I do. And like you've listened to like every episode, like are you like caught up, caught up, or did you just listen to like the really interesting, sexy titled ones? I'm on shuffle. You guys are on shuffle on 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 my little SoundCloud, and so I actually had the privilege of listening to your very first episode um, yesterday because it's been shuffling, and I was like, oh, this is cool. I got to like listen to your like thesis statement. It was awesome. 
you know, we recorded that in our closet uh, with a digital recorder. <laughs> our closet was soundproof. And I think it was like during the summer. So it was really hot in there. So we have literally sweated to get that content oh, out. We were drenched in sweat. sweat and tears. I love it. <laughs> but, but it was also super, super intimate. Um, Again, thanks for joining us. Um, you know, we're, we're honoring our uh, fellow Black content creators uh, and uh, service providers in this case, because like you're on the clinician side, like, yo, our, you know, we got some Black folks that are crazy that need some of your assistance, uh, Miche. Um, so, you know, I know I read your, your, your bio, um, yeah. but I was wondering if in, in your own words, uh, if you could say a little bit about what makes the kind of services you provide in the realm of mental health unique and outside the norm. So um, in this spicy capacity, I work um, underneath a group practice called Expansive Connection. And uh, what makes us kind of unique is that we're three coaches. Um, Kelsey is really amazing at breaking codependent patterns and inner child healing and the Enneagram. Catherine put this whole thing together, so she's amazing. I'm pretty sure that if you love um, all things swing, you've probably heard her on a couple of other podcasts. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And um, I particularly do sex therapy. Um, I'm trauma-informed. And um, so we get to collaborate, which means you get basically a very, very in-depth tailored um coaching practice that mm -hmm. becomes your team that mm -hmm. helps you attain all the goals that you're hoping to attain while working with us and because we are all on our own ethical non-monogamy journey um we get to not only talk about what we're doing but also walk what we're talking about mm -hmm. and the clients benefit from that so like when we talk about coaching in the sex positive space like some people always define that in a really eloquent way but i still imagine somebody literally in the bedroom coaching someone <laughs> through a, a a spiritually and psychologically renewing sexual experience which i don't think is what uh -huh. you do no, so no, no. if you could just say a little bit about the kind of needs that you see out there and how your coaching actually helps that. Just for starters, like therapy versus coaching, they're very, they run parallel to each other, but therapy assumes the client needs healing. Coaching assumes the client is whole. Um, oh, therapy oh, has I like love roots it. in medicine and psychiatry, and coaching has roots in like sports and business and personal growth venues. We assume that you know there's a higher level of functioning because we don't just we don't like pick through things we we jump in like we're already ready to go like the first session um so we don't just explore the root of the problems but focus on solving problems so so i can only speak for myself um i see a lot of people that are in the lifestyle mm -hmm. um and trying to figure out how to navigate their worldview, their perspective, entering the lifestyle problems that have come up while being in the lifestyle. Um, I also coach people who have found themselves in the lifestyle and spontaneously became like a poly situation. Oh. And um, so we also tailor goals and figuring out dynamics and relationship structures for all of that. And 
for someone who's entering the lifestyle, I mean, what are some of the issues that you come to talk about now? Because I, I mentioned that because we we didn't quite see a therapist when we entered the lifestyle or, or see a coach when we entered mm-hmm. the lifestyle. In some ways, we were, you know, looking for that when we created our podcast or before we created our podcast, we were sort of looking for that um, via podcast, you know, and there were a few we found that were um, that were fairly good, um, but we never quite saw a coach. And I'm wondering how a coach could have helped us. I mean, you know, because there were some issues we uh, ran into, for example, you know, there may have been some jealousy. There may have also um, just been some feelings around, uh, you know, the kind of the kind of things we were witnessing each other do um, and, 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 and not having the room to process that. So I don't know if that's the kind of thing you're seeing in your practice sort of, you know, I, I just saw my wife, you know, go down on a guy and I was so ready to, to, uh, I thought I was ready. And then I saw her do it. And now I just can barely look at her, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. that's the kind of thing we're, we're talking about here. I mean, I'm sure that's definitely part of it. Um, and also it's a lot of times people have been in it for a while. So whether or not you're new and coming into this and want someone to help you figure out like, what are all the things I have not thought of that are probably going to be triggers? We work mm-hmm. through that. And then it's also people who are like, I've been in this for about three years and problems that we had at the beginning, we're slow wrestling with and can't get past. Yep. Um, so, you know, whether that is watching someone else like, you know, your wife go down on someone else and be like, whoa, we didn't set boundaries or, you know, I didn't have any boundaries and I thought I'd be fine and I'm not fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Can we walk this through, you know, or what, what skills or code words or problem solving techniques can we implement to make sure that everyone has a green light on and mm-hmm. that I'm not having to like monitor my feelings and then also your feelings and then try to be sexy at the same time because that's exhausting. Right, right, right. and um. And it's interesting because when we first met, we we uh, you know I met you at at PCAP at the yes. uh, PCAP in Dallas. And uh, all of your wonderful Halloween. It wasn't Halloween. It was what do we do? There was some type of like uh, it was the theme. arcade uh, yes. versus I think. Um, and I was uh, yeah, so I was Goulet or Guile, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, my wife was Cami. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got to admit, our costumes came out really well. Yeah, uh, I, <laughs> I, I was trying to remember what your costume was for that party. I know you had Wait, one. I found, I found that in. I was like Maleficent. I'd got like some hats right. from like Party City before I left. Mm-hmm. You guys you guys came to represent. I was like, um, I got this like on the carpool lane on the way there. Mm-hmm. We're going to roll with this. But yeah, your costumes are nice. Now I was uh, I was glad to see you. I knew about expansive connections, but I didn't know the extent that they that that the team was made up of women of color. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first time, so I so you actually uh, uh, presented uh, at one of the seminars. Yeah. And you were talking about some pretty heavy. I mean, there was there was some conversation, pretty interesting conversation around bisexuality and the different forms that that would take. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, you know, we talked about it on our show, like bisensual versus uh-huh. um, bi-necessary. Yeah. yeah, bi-necessary. That was a good one. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was pretty cool. Um, 
But I was actually interested in talking about talking about the kind, the ways people understand their own bodies and sort of their own boundaries. Uh, and one of the things I think we talked about on a phone call um, was just, uh, you know, ways to uh, understand or strengthen or improve like the pelvic floor um, <laughs> and, and different parts of the body. I mean, I've, you know, you, you sent out a whole reading list and I read some of those books and some of them I haven't, um, yeah, but I've well. really been getting, I've really been getting into just kind of understanding my own body. So I don't know if, if this is like a part of your practice, but I don't know if you could talk a little bit about what, what, what's important for people to understand, uh, about themselves on a physical level. That is like my favorite thing to talk about. Okay, let's do this. So um, one of the things I love combining is like your physical somatic response to what your brain and your emotions are kicking out. So a lot of times I'll have guys who will come to me and be like, I'm in a really sexy situation. You know, like there's this whole like people and bodies and my brain is like, yes. And then my penis goes, not today, friend. And they're like, <laughs> I don't understand what's going on. Like I'm into this, but I can't stay hard and I can't keep an erection. So we talk about fight and fight, flight, freeze. Um, and what happens when, um, like as men, you come into the room and you're wanting to make sure that everybody's okay and that, the, you know, your partner is safe. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that safety switch doesn't allow the um, reptilian part of your brain to go, it's safe to play. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so your body responds by saying like, there might be danger. This isn't a great time to have an erection. Let's, let's calm down for a little bit, but your brain's not saying the same thing. So we talked a little bit about like, um, non-concordance, um, basically like your brain being able to say, yes, this is sexy and your body saying something different and vice versa. Sometimes. So you said non, non-concordance. So does mm -hmm. that, is that sort of a disconnect between the, the body and the brain or the body yeah. and the mind? Okay. Yeah. Complete complete disconnect well not complete but it is a disconnect it's just mm -hmm. it's kind of like your like your body and your brain there's like a little shutdown yeah 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 um and that's okay it's normal and yeah so i so i, I kind of want to um ex explain this with with an example uh and because it's happened to me a couple of times and it it's so it's so jarring when it does because it's almost like your body is betraying you and you don't mm -hmm. know why mm -hmm. and it can be um uh it could be a really painful experience because yeah. uh you know you're in a situation you got this hot chick just uh -huh. ready to get like railed yeah. and you know something happens physically where it feels like your body is just going completely numb mm -hmm. and you're trying to stroke it. And it's like the harder you try, the, the less it's working. Um, and you know, you might try to pull up some porn on your phone and mm -hmm. you're like, holy shit, for the first time in my life, porn is not arousing me. What is going on? Yeah. And then you hear those dreaded words. This, these are the words I tell women really, really think before you ask this question, if a man is having difficulty getting an erection, is everything okay? It is 
It is the death nail. There's never been a time where a woman told me that and things ended up okay. It's just <laughs> when she walks into the room and she has concern on her face, uh, yeah. it completely makes you question mm-hmm. your 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 the whole history of your manhood and your sense of masculinity. Um, so the the idea of cognitive distortion i think mm-hmm. is really important uh, yeah. for men to uh, i think for everybody but for men especially to understand is a thing because it could be really confusing when your mind is saying yo i want to smash i want to smash i want to smash mm-hmm. and your body is just like nope yeah <laughs> you know and it's, it basically is when your brain just kind of overloads and and stresses out and then it just shuts down it's like a hot computer, you know, like it's just too much, too much. I'm going to just shut down. I, I can't anymore. And it's normal. It's also not necessarily something you can help, but by creating more mindfulness. So it's kind of like getting back into your body mm-hmm. because you're, you're right. Your cognitive distortions will take over like, you know, black and white thinking and magnifying the situation. Like it's always going to be this way or black and white. It's like, uh, I can only be able to be in this situation if I'm 100% erect and ready to go mm-hmm. um there's there and if not then maybe i failed on some level and right. how do i get back into the game um and so getting out of your head is probably the best way to start with that and so um what i like to tell people is to try to create like a mindfulness situation mm-hmm. in that sexy space that you're at which is really turning inward and getting really selfish for a little bit and rooting yourself in your body whether that's through breath or five senses, which is kind of like a sexy thing you could do anyway. Like, what can I hear? What can I smell? What can I touch? What can I taste, et cetera. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, and breathing, really, really deep breathing because something in your body has rubbed up to the extent where it's doing a full body shutdown. So you've got to create space. And the one way to create space is creating mindfulness and being more present in your body and letting some of the pressure go. Cause a lot of that's a, now performance anxiety. So I read something interesting about this and just um, uh, indulge me for a moment. Uh, So I want to get back to this fight or flight thing um, because I read something really interesting about the fight or flight system in the brain um, sort of having a cycle um, that almost needs to complete itself. Yeah. and so, uh, for example, like you're saying, uh, to get in tune with your body, you know, breathe. Um, and it's almost like you need to convince your body that mm-hmm. it's safe yes. before the possibility of play can happen. Your brain mm-hmm. is not going to, your body's not going to mm-hmm. fuck if mm-hmm. it is not safe. Right. So that's, you can't outthink so, yourself. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, so, uh, so in this book, uh, it, it was sort of, you know, you can imagine like, you know, let's say we're, you know, back in, you know, hunting and gathering societies. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're, you know, say we're a guy, we're out there, I don't know, fucking trying to hunt bison or something. Yes. That's uh, what we do. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then a, a fucking lion comes out of nowhere and it's, it's, it's chasing you now. It, it uh-huh. is coming, it is coming for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now, you know, your body is in that mode, fight, flight, or freeze, right? So then you start fucking running and you, you are running and you are sprinting and your heart is beating fast and your blood, you know, your heart is pumping, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. adrenaline.
adrenaline throughout your body and you're sweating and you're moving and you're running and you're just going, 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 going. And let's say you outrun the lion, right? Let's say or the lion saw a gazelle and decided that it was going to go after that because it was better. Yeah. Me. Uh-huh. Um, and so and so you are now um, you're still running and then, you know, you get to your village um, and you're out of breath and now you you are breathing. You are trying to catch your breath and yeah. there's just, you know. Uh, uh, and 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 you're you're around your villagers now, and there's somewhat of an excitement. There's somewhat of a of, of a relief now um, that you sort of got to your people. Um, mm-hmm. But it's almost like once your body got in that fight fight or flight or freeze mode, once you decided running, you were mm-hmm. sort of completing the cycle, right? Your body yeah, was like, yeah. "What are we going to do?" And you're mm-hmm. you're running, um, and so it's like that physical exertion um, mm-hmm. allowed that. Uh, um, that uh, fight or flight cycle to complete itself. Your body is expecting to do something. Yeah. Um, so I always thought, does that mean, right? Because you're talking about like getting present. Does that mean that if I'm in a mode where I'm feeling unsafe in a play session, would it work if I just did like 50 pushups or some shit? Like, oh, that's so- a great question. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. That makes a lot of sense. Um, a lot of people think that when your heart rate is elevated and you um, are in a fight, flight, freeze situation, the best thing to do sometimes is to like meditate or mm-hmm. to like lay down and take a nap. No, 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 no. You want to match that heart rate intensity. Yes. And so the idea of doing push-ups or of doing um, deep breathing where maybe you hold your breath at the top, you know, for like five mm-hmm. seconds and then release um, mm-hmm. allows you to be able to complete that cycle. So for example, like on the lines of like what you were just talking about. I read a study, do not ask me where it's from. I don't remember. Um, but I read a study where they were talking about like um, some people were in a plane and the plane crashed. And the people that were able to um, get out of the plane crash and run for their lives, um, even the rescue was coming and everybody was, was okay, um, were able to work past the trauma and wow. have better health outcomes. Wow. Um, from this plane crash and the people who were stuck in their belts and could not move inside of the plane crash. And so our ability to work that through the system, because, you know, trauma being in that, that state of fight, fight, flight, freeze, it lives in the body. And unless you like work it out, yes. create that space. Yes. When you're in that mode and you're trying really hard to like get yourself, you know, ready, like that mm-hmm. pressure. It's almost like you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're increasing the trauma of the moment. You're not yeah. allowing yourself to sort of move forward. Uh, and so I love the idea that, you know, when you are in, in these situations where your body just isn't quite cooperating with you, take a step back, you know, uh, you know, I always say, stop trying to get yourself hard because you're making it worse. Whereas you're invalidating your physical experience. Yes. (laughs) Uh, and you know, take a moment to breathe, take a moment. And for for my, for my, for my super masculine men out there who are like, yo, 50 pushups, what are you saying about that? (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know, um, do a sprint, do, do some pushups, you know, uh, Make a, make a game out of it. Hell, I don't know if you could get your partner involved or something, but 
uh, I can't, you know, I'm not bench pressing chicks in my uh, play sessions, but okay, you know, okay. uh, that, that might be something else. I don't know, but I love the idea. <laughs> I love the idea of doing something physical. That's not, not quite sexual. Do something mm -hmm. physical to get in tune with your body. Um, and that will, that will go a long way um, for folks who are really lost in these situations. There are, there are ways of, of handling it. Did you read the Come As You Are book by Emily Nagoski? Because all the things that you're talking about are like in that that's where i read this shit yeah. yes yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so this all sounds very very familiar yes i could never like i can you know i read and consume a lot of but it's like i go when i go to a restaurant and eat the most amazing meal i'm not going to remember the restaurant or i'm, I'm not even going to remember the meal i just remember how it made me feel and the kind of experience it gave mm -hmm. me <laughs> that's kind of how i treat these books so um, the word that we're looking for in all of this is sexual non-concordance like the inability for your brain and your body to continue to stay on homeostasis, like something triggers it. And then there's a little bit of a split trying yes. to realign yourself. So yes. Awesome. So uh, how does this work for, for women? I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't see, I, I always have the assumption that you women have it easy because all <laughs> you guys have to do is open your legs and, you know, get some lube uh, and, you know, even if your body is saying, hey, I'm not really into this. Yeah. I mean, you can still okay. get away with it and fake okay. fake the funk. That's my argument. I mean, <laughs> oh, oh, I hate faking it. If you're listening to this, do not fake it because it teaches your brain that the not real portion of the sex is supposed to be the actual part of it. So you're actually doing yourself a disservice by faking it. It's my my little uh, soapbox right there. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah, it does. It teaches you. I mean, I mean, you got like the hippocampus. So every single time you do something that's really, really pleasurable, like sex, um, or something that's supposed to be identified as sexy, if you've had really great experiences before, then it kind of gets stamped in the brain, and your brain goes, mm, "This is yummy. Let's do that again." I know what that feels like. So if you cross those wires of like, oh, "This was supposed to be yummy, but it's not yummy. Um, is this okay? Is this not okay?" Your brain goes, oh, I don't know what to do, fight or flight, you know, like your lid blows off. Also, the hippocampus comes online and it's like, do we mirror this? Is this okay? And so you don't want to start like a pattern of, of your brain where that becomes the normal. So do not fake it. Does do no favors. So are you saying that if you do fake it, it will make it more difficult to enjoy the experiences that don't require faking? Is that I thought that's what I heard. But. Yeah, yeah. It it kind of uh you can you can get yourself, especially if you do it like a lot of the time um uh that becomes your new reality it creates its own little circle in your brain that you'll just hop on and it gets harder and harder to take that train off of that wow i don't yeah. think i've ever heard that that is that is really important to hear um <laughs> it's almost like i'm, I'm sorry i've i've it's like this is going to be a side note like i've been watching euphoria on hbo i don't know oh my gosh you... i love that show isn't it awesome oh god <laughs> It's so it's so cool. Like, I mean, uh, you know, I used to work in the, the world of drug addiction and it's it's so I mean, there's some sensationalizing that happens mm -hmm. on the show. But as far as the drug addiction and really mm -hmm. telling the story of how mm -hmm. an addict really thinks when they're in the yes. thick of it. Oh, it's 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 so accurate. So what you had actually the reason why I brought it up is because what you just described to me sounded like some of the processes that happen when it comes to opioid addiction, where where you know your your use you know your brain has all these natural ways in order to um you know you know relieve pain and mm. provide pleasure and so uh the more you use these opiates the less 
you know, it's not just that you have a euphoric feeling and then you have sort of this down, uh, you know, similar to, you know, how you would think of a hangover, like the next day is just going to be a pain in the ass, right? A lot of drugs yeah. and substances work that way, but um, drugs like heroin is what, and as well as um, uh, crystal meth literally will change the chemistry of the brain yes. uh, and make it more difficult for you to enjoy experiences that were once enjoyable. And or that's what that sounded decisions, like. decisions, it hijacks your prefrontal cortex mm -hmm. and your ability to say like, this is a good thing or a bad thing, or let's make a good decision. But the people who do or that are addicted to things like heroin and the harder substances, um, it's it's they lose the ability to regulate themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the coping mechanisms that you would have picked up or have learned, they don't because that's taken the place. And so mm -hmm. what this does is um, the best description I've heard, I've heard about, and I read it, I read it in a book and I can't remember what it's called right now, but um, they said that it's kind of like receiving a warm hug. Like we've always stigmatized people who have like dependency issues, but what they're actually looking for is that hug, that oxytocin releasing hug that tells them that it's okay and that things are safe. Um, and that you can let go. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and, and so I love that imagery because it helps to really personalize the, the addiction um, and their inability to make rational decisions. Um, so that's yes. what they're looking for. Yeah. Yes. And um, speaking of drug use, uh, <laughs> uh, this actually makes me think of drug use and sex a little bit. And yeah. I don't know how much you you think of this. So so I, I think there are levels and I, I'm kind of throwing a curveball because I definitely uh -huh. did, not, <laughs> did not intend on talking about this. But now that I know that you're a Euphoria fan, um, uh, we can't deny the connection between drug use and sex. Uh, many mm -hmm. times um, drug use. Its ability to enhance or yes. have to enhance. Okay. Yes. Uh, so its ability to enhance. Um, mm -hmm. or its ability to allow you to, you know, so some people use it. This is going to get in some dark territory, um, but some people may use substances because they don't want to quite experience the sexual experience and they want yeah. to numb out their bodies. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. But, but I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about more of the enhanced stuff. And so yeah. um, we tend to like edibles. Um, we, mm -hmm. we love weed and sex. Weed and sex is like the best. Um, like you can't deny that. That's true. Yes. I mean, I, I think it's to each their own. You have to be one really comfortable with your partner, partners, um, to feel as though you can put your walls down because, like, too much alcohol or too much weed it will like create a space where you're unable to communicate clearly your boundaries. Mm -hmm. um, so, as long as everyone is trusted and everyone knows their boundaries and you feel comfortable with that. Assuming folks can actually hold their liquor or other yeah. substance because mm -hmm. getting sick is certainly not that's sexy. Not sexy. <laughs> that's not sexy. Um, I'd like to uh, transition in terms of talking about your own lifestyle journey because you know I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna admit like when when I saw you at PCAP, you know you you had the highlights in your hair and you're a very attractive woman but Thank you. I, I shouldn't say but i should say and you didn't seem to me like somebody who i mean you were on a lifestyle sort of trip but it didn't seem like you were in the lifestyle lifestyle like i was in the lifestyle or bella was in the <laughs> lifestyle like we were we were we you know we were down to play i didn't yeah i didn't yeah. think you were down to play but it might have just been a, a a work um you know you might have been trying to be professional i don't know so <laughs> so clarify no. for me what your lifestyle journey has been my lifestyle journey has been 
ridiculous. So I have had a shit ton of fun. I'm not going to lie. That <laughs> particular time, I'm um, as okay. So I'm originally like trained as a therapist, and there's just so many like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Um, whereas with coaching and in the lifestyle, like we are living the things that we are talking about, and that is part of what makes us really great at our jobs. Um, and allows us to kind of mix business and pleasure to a certain extent. And Catherine, who's um, an amazing person that she is that started the group practice, mm -hmm. um, has been doing this for a lot, lot longer and her boundaries are very firm and permeable at the same time. Um, mine are just like firm and holding. Um, so when I was <laughs> so when I was there, I was like, no, I'm here for my professional hat and the professional hat is off. I am just going to be like like one, like a tiptoe, I'm, I'm, I'm walking the line. I was on the line. Um, because actually that was my very first hotel takeover. Um, oh, yeah. okay, mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, so I was kind of, you know, huge eyes and shit ton of fine at the same time. Um, but my I mean, personal, uh-huh. Can I just, what, what was it like uh, being at your first hotel takeover? Um, I absolutely loved it. I think for it to be my very first one, I couldn't have asked for a better experience. Um, everybody was awesome and super sweet and kind and respectful. I loved watching people love on their people, you know, like their spouses, their partners, people that they brought. And you could tell that the relationships were strong, that they were really excited. I did have a couple of people corner me to try to get me to do some coaching elevator style. You know what I mean? And I was like, mm -hmm. I can't, it's like 15 seconds. I can't do this for you. Um, but besides that, I had so much fun. Wait, what were people asking you to coach them on? <laughs> this is fascinating. They were asking for some real time. Like, were they like, yo, we want to we wanna hook up with this couple. Just just let us know the magic words, Miche, please. <laughs> How do I get my life to be more interesting? Go. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. She's got to be here. Um, so, yeah. Um. Oh, awesome. So you, so, but, but, but you weren't, you weren't tempted to, to, to get into any shenanigans. Oh, I was totally tempted. I'm, I'm, that temptation was real. That was, that was good. That was good. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, I mean, would you, what would you do differently if you went to another hotel takeover? Um, I think I would, I would bring a swimsuit at once. When I didn't, I didn't do that. That made me a little sad. Oh yeah. You uh -huh. couldn't get in the water. Yeah. yeah. Oh, damn um two i think i would just be a little bit more comfortable i think because it was just so new there was a lot to take in and i didn't want to miss anything and i think going back i could probably sit a little bit more in the passenger seat and not feel like i was gonna miss out on anything if i blinked too fast you know what i mean mm -hmm. yes i know exactly what you mean and it is one thing that uh when it came to our first takeover i i'd say when it came to the first pcap even uh we were really kind of pressured uh in mm -hmm. assuming that we had to do it all and it's yeah. impossible to do it all yeah. and and even attempting to do it all as we've said in our podcast can really uh compromise the quality of the experience because you end up missing a lot of stuff that otherwise would have been great if you just chilled out and enjoyed the moment now but I, what i will say is the last hotel takeover we went to i i did have some regrets uh in that hotel takeover <laughs> because uh i i didn't realize that i was on 
like there was a party floor usually at some of these hotel takeovers there is a party yeah. floor uh -huh. um and it's so interesting because at pcap we were on the floor with the playrooms oh and, yeah yeah um and so there are things we could have done we could have put like some decorations outside of our door and hung them on the ceiling and you know put mm -hmm. some lights in the hallway or something just okay. to expand okay. that floor and just make it make it breathe allow it to live a little bit you know put a speaker out there and just have have some music playing um nice. luring people in nice well done. right okay okay right or just or just getting people to not like because i think what happens a lot of times um at these hotel takeovers is uh, did you make it to the playroom did you did you take a peek in there oh, don't tell me you didn't you yeah. must have taken a peek took a peek in there i took i definitely took a peek in there yes walked through it toured mm -hmm. saw so the thing the thing about the play floor is that people like us will walk into the playroom and we'll say okay is there anything interesting in here that we will want to watch or that we'll want to join in and if there isn't either something to watch then you just walk out but but you know you know that at some points any point somebody mm -hmm. could walk in there that's interesting to watch or join very true. Very true. and so if you walk into the playroom on that floor and nothing's going on in there you'll feel like okay well nothing's going on in there i guess i should just leave this floor and okay. go somewhere else or go back to my room or go to the to the rooftop or something like that um, the rooftop was fun yeah the rooftop was was great um but you know if you have the playroom say on the second floor and you have people that are walking out they need like they need to feel comfortable just chilling out in the hallway in my opinion uh, okay and okay. and that's why i that's why in hindsight or next time we go to a hotel takeover i'll make sure to like have something in the hall so people mm -hmm. don't feel pressured to leave and they oh, could just they could just chill out and watch people coming in and out of the playroom i don't know that's just my i'm, I'm gonna I get like off that. my soapbox i like that idea because it's like know. oh i don't have to be in there but if i find somebody interesting that i might want to watch then i can go in I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you idea. know, people could just chill out and just talk in the hallway and it's fine. And then, you know, your friends come into the playroom. They're like, yo, what's mm -hmm. going on in there? And you're like, yeah. well, I don't know. You're about to walk in there. Maybe we can make something happen. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, you need a buddy? I got you. We're good. Right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so that was your first, uh, hotel takeover. So, uh -huh. so let's get back to your journey. So, um, so tell us anything happened since then or what, how, how have things looked for you? How, how have you evolved? Okay, so when we started, like my husband and I, we talked about it for probably like three years before we delved in uh, to the to any form of ENM. Um, and during, and I'm not telling anybody else that that's what they need to do. That's just that's just me. I'm a dip my toes in the water, then maybe my foot. I'm gonna come back out, think about the experience I just had, and then go back in. You know, like I'm that kind of person. Mm -hmm. um, so after we talked about it, like at the end of 2019, um, we kind of delved into that whole situation. Um, and what I did is I just started dating. It was me by myself. He actually, we actually decided to do it at different times. So I went first. Um, cause I kept being like, you don't actually mean this. I was waiting for him to be like, and close the door. Um, but he was really sweet and open and kind. And we just kind of kept going from there. So I've dated and I started out poly. Um, so mm -hmm. I had a couple of girlfriends, um, and girlfriends started, okay yeah <laughs> all right that's that's what's up, <laughs> that's what's up. That's what's up. Um, um and 
I kind of like most people who know me, if you know me long enough, I'm going to ask you how your sex life is. Like, that's just, that's just me. Um, and my, this is going to sound really, really bougie. My Pilates instructor was talking about, you know, super bougie. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> she said Pilates instructor. Like I'm thinking, okay, yoga, maybe you got a person who should die. It's like this. I'm Pilates motherfucker. Like I'm hiring somebody to help me with Pilates. Okay. To make it sound less bougie if it was like a group class. No. Uh, uh, yeah. It's a group class. It's a group class. Okay, that's not too okay. bougie. I mean, okay, it's okay. it's in it's in bougie territory. <laughs> like you 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 clearly you clearly doing okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, so um, so she's talking about like ethical non-monogamy and swinging and stuff like that, and so I jumped in because if you're gonna talk about sex and you're like anywhere near in my hearing vicinity, I was like, whoa, 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 like like I want to talk about it. And um, after talking to her for probably like 15 minutes on swinging, she was like, you have to be my best friend. And I was like, well, who's your best friend? And that's how I kind of met Catherine. Um, and oh. so, yeah. And so through that, um, we all kind of started doing um, webinars for women um, based on pelvic floor health and achieving better orgasms and then eventually Catherine was like well I actually do all of this and singing and you know maybe you should like look into what it would look like to join my practice and um pretty much the rest of this history because I was like yes and yes um and so that kind of made me go hmm I have not really explored the swinging side of ENM and so we kind of just jumped into that as well. Hmm. Are you still dating now? I am. Yeah. Okay. So you, yeah. so you guys, I mean, so, so this seems, this sounds more as interesting because we just released an episode talking about this, but this seems more poly than, than lifestyle. Um, it is for me. Yeah. Now my husband has a completely different view of it which I feel like, so we normally say that we're ethically non-monogamous, mm -hmm. not so much that we're one or the other because mm -hmm. he tends to lean more heavily on the swing. Um, and I kind of lean a little heavier on the poly side of it, but it's, it's for us, it's a, it's, it's a continuum. Like there isn't like one, one side only. So, uh, so he, but, but he's engaging in the, in the lifestyle now. I yeah. mean, how, how is he doing that? If you're, you're, you're all not quite doing it together. Is he just like a kind of a single guy in the lifestyle? So I'm interested <laughs> in the nuances question. of how this works. Um, normally, well, we've had a couple of situationships where like I was probably dating a girl and then we would all hook up together. Oh, and then a couple of those. Oh, um, threesomes. Yeah. Okay. Now yeah. we, now we're yeah. cooking. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of happened a couple of times. And then there's also been, um, where we've gone to lifestyle clubs here mm -hmm. and that's also been fun as well. Like I really had a good time at those. So when you are, is it typically another woman and you two, or do you sort of sometimes play yeah. with couples or sometimes play with single men? I mean, is there a pattern there or preference? Um, well, when, when, when we decided to try this lifestyle club, um, we kind of just jumped in. So it was like a moresome situation. There wasn't so much like couples or whatever. It was like a guy and he had some friends that he brought. Orgy. Yeah. Okay, got so it. I, had, I was like, you guys are attractive. This is really hot. He was the sweetest person ever. 
Um, and so like with men, I'm a little more bisexual than I am bisexual. So I enjoy everything above the waist with men. Um, Interesting. Like cuddling and hugging, kissing maybe, um, mm -hmm. hands everywhere. Not so much the penis. Um, sadness, but I don't. Um, and I think it, there's a lot of people that are like that. Yeah. You guys have your have your niche. Because um, mm -hmm. it like evolves with us. Maybe we won't always be in this situation. Maybe we'll just be swingers eventually. Mm -hmm. Maybe we won't. I don't think I have to <laughs> figure all that out immediately. No, I, I would agree with you. Uh, and I guess my question is really about your, uh, your partners or your dates. Uh, mm -hmm. Because, you know, you have your preferences, but they may have their own expectations. So I'm wondering yes. if you if you've struggled or, or found a, a strategy to deal with that. Um, talking, talking. And then when you're done, maybe talking some more. Um, mm -hmm. And I am because, you know, like the way that we've structured our marriage and then our extra people um, is not like cut and dry. There's always a, a continual discussion of what this looks like and how this fits and how to make sure that we're incorporating other people's wishes. So there's a framework that has to be built um, to a certain extent each time we encounter someone new. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And also like if I'm going to the playroom, like the, if I'm dating someone, having that conversation about what it looks like when I go and I play. Yeah, no, and 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 that's really important. That above the waist conversation is really important <laughs> in the lifestyle. People got to know uh, because you know I I'll 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 speak for myself. Like if I'm going to the playroom with somebody, I am definitely expecting my penis to at yep. least graze something. Like somebody's yep. going to graze my penis, uh -huh. but I'd uh -huh. be shocked if we're just yep. like, look, I'm just interested in 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 stroking your chest. That's what we're going to do for the next 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> be like, You're really upset, yes. right? <laughs> no, that makes a lot of sense. So I'm, that's hence why I'm like, you know, lots of people in the room at the same time, because I don't want anyone to ever feel left out or hoodwinked. And I talk beforehand about what the expectations are, because I know that if it was the other way around, I'd be, I'd be pretty upset. You are listening to the Black and Kinky Lifestyle Podcast. Hey B&K fans, so we are a little bit sad that Bomber and Bell cannot join us for the next podcast to Palooza event, but you may have heard them talk about Miami and Dallas in 2021, and they would love to invite you to join us in Palm Springs this 3rd through the 6th of June 2022. We are taking over a full hotel, over 168 rooms for three nights and four days, and we're going to light that place up with pool parties, foam parties, daily seminars, mingle events, theme nights, you name it, we're going to have it at the event. If you would like to come and join us, please do us a favor and use the Bomber and Bell link, which is podcast-a-palooza forward slash B-N-K for black and kinky. Come and celebrate. Let's take some photos. Let's make them totally jealous and get FOMO for the fact that they are missing out joining us in Palm Springs. We would love to see you there. So podcast-a-palooza.com forward slash B-N-K. And we really hope that you can join us. Bye, guys. So, you know, when it comes to these non-traditional relationships, I'm just going to address the elephant in the room in the spirit of Black History Month. Uh -huh. um, you know, for our people, um, the, these kinds of relationship dynamics are not normative, uh, no. in some cases not accepted. And I'm wondering mm -hmm. um, 
how if if your journey not making any assumptions here but if your journey um has run up against um some uh some cultural expectations that were uh, in conflict with the kind of things you've wanted to see for yourself in your relationship and how do you manage that i don't know if it's for other people but the the things that it's run up against for me have been the things that have kind of been ingrained in my head not so much that someone has verbally said to me but the expectations and the shoulds and uh, even my own ponderings of like how is this supporting black marriages how is this supporting our community how are mm -hmm. you um honoring this space as we try to like continue to gain footing in all SES, SES or SES like contingencies all of it hearing the minority voice within my own head from like grandmothers and grandfathers the and voices of the ancestors you know? like, yes <laughs> like how how do i justify this to them and so that they're they're pleased with where i'm going mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah. um and uh let's see okay so I was, you know, kind of, I'm, I'm a little slightly in love with Nana Mensa. Um, and she did a TED Talk. Who, who is that? Nana Mensa. She um, is an actress from, I think it's like 13, what's her name? She did uh, 13 Reasons Why, and she was Mistress Mira from Bonding. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm a little in love with her. She um, did a TED Talk. And so she did this quote and this... Um, TED talk from James Baldwin um, that says like that your crown has been bought and paid for and all you must do is put it on your head. Um, and so I would like to think that when it comes to unconventional relationships like this and the marriage of that and the ancestral voices that we have as we carry our own torch um, as black people, um, that that crown is saying how do you live authentically out loud as yourself mm -hmm. in black skin and be proud of it because we did all of this work so that you could be happy and that this is what makes you happy and this is what strengthens your marriage and that you want to take up space and mm -hmm. do that. Uh, I, I, I love that. Um, I, I really I, I I appreciate that the the voice of our ancestors that internal voice uh, that represents uh, the cultural expectations that we've come that that we that we believe uh, should mm -hmm. be applied to our lives I think that is something that a lot of people struggle with and certainly yeah. um, black people have struggled with you know in and outside of some of these non traditional uh, relationship dynamics um, you know I was just talking about how you know some guy came on my wife's chest and nice. you know <laughs> i wasn't jealous about that i was just amazed by the image of it because i had never seen it um yeah. and yes i have you know even when i tell that story and even as i'm telling it now there is an ancestral voice in my head that is saying uh, uh -huh, uh -huh. nigga how you gonna let another dude bust a hot one on your wife's chest like what <laughs> Yeah. What kind of ignorant yeah. shit is that? Yeah. You know, uh -huh. um, and, you know, I have to remind myself um, that, you know, as black folks, you know, and I can't remember where I heard this from, but, you know, 
life can only be understood backwards, but it has to be lived yeah. forwards. Uh -huh. um, and, <laughs> you know, uh, when it comes to my marriage, I, I am constantly looking forward. How do I keep this marriage working? Um, uh -huh. And, you know, how do I maintain authenticity with my wife? Um, and that requires you know, given how unpredictable life is, how unpredictable the circumstances are, and how much it changes, how much cultures change, how much technology changes, um, you know, uh, family dynamics have changed quite a bit. Women have access to opportunities that they've never had. Black people have yes. access to opportunities that yes. they've never had in this country. Things are going to change in some very, very unpredictable ways. And that requires for me um, a level of flexibility. Uh, and adaptation, which is something yes. that mankind have has had to do. Mm -hmm. That is one thing that's been constant. In order for civilization to move forward, they have had to figure out ways to adapt and be uh -huh. flexible and figure out how to deal with these new problems, you know. Um, and that requires flexibility. And if you are rigid, if you are if you are allowing that voice to keep you stuck in a time, uh, you know, I know my ancestors are talking to me, um, but uh, I also know that my ancestors didn't have to deal with a lot of the stuff that yeah. we have to deal with. Like they yeah. they they don't have, you know. <laughs> then like the wives died died in childbirth. So yes. like a lot of times we look back and we don't look at it as like oh actually what happened was serial monogamy like one wife or husband died and then you moved on to the next or the mm -hmm. average lifespan was like 44 or something um or you know you couldn't think past like having a wife because we were all in survival mode so this sounds good let's keep going let's keep surviving absolutely um, so being able to say like oh this is what it's like to sometimes take a breath and what do i want to do with this breath mm -hmm. um and we have the ability to do that um and also like the challenges of what that breath entails which is sometimes longer life and how do you keep families together because i mean every seven years you get a new partner your partner is not the same person you, you married. that's right absolutely and so how do you adapt with that yep um this has been super awesome miche i'm so glad you could come on our show um so uh i'll ask you uh if you could, if there's anything that I hadn't asked you that you really want our listeners to know, say that and also let them know how they can get in touch with you. We did do some uh, thinking about pelvic floor health. Mm -hmm. um, I do have, uh, I did some partnership with that amazing uh, Pilates instructor I told you about. Um, and we did some work on yoni eggs or like the jade egg. We use the jade egg. And basically it's a um, egg-shaped ball of quartz or jade that you can insert into the vagina. They come in different weights. Um, and you learn how to implement and isolate the pelvic floor muscles that help lift and pull that down, kind of like an elevator riding up and down mm -hmm. the vaginal canal. And it just really kind of helps to strengthen those pelvic floor muscles. This is totally turning me on right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just got it. I just got an image in my head and I'm like, holy crap, I want to watch somebody do this shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm being perverted. Awesome. <laughs> <This is awesome. laughs> uh, so yes, I think I'm an uptake uh, and release of the pelvic floor muscles. And so what that helps you to do is basically create strength in something that a lot of the day-to-day -day exercises doesn't allow us to do, but it's such a huge part of like being sexy. So for a lot of women, whether you've had kids or not had kids, 
we normally tend to come up against incontinence, incontinence or lowering of uh, organs in the bowl of the pelvic floor before a lot of men do. But as men get older, a lot of times they also do bump up into um, incontinence and trying to stay hard longer and things like that. And mm -hmm. how do we get like a lot of blood flow to that particular area? And that's, that's what this does. It helps to do that. And the beautiful end result of strengthening those pelvic floor muscles is um, better orgasms, not peeing on yourself. If you decide to go take a tromp on a trampoline, that's happened. Um, or to be able to work through a lot of the negative cognitive distortions that happen as you do this work because it's so it's so minute like the movements um that we found when we were doing it that a lot of stuff comes up for the people who take time to focus in on just that tiny little area i mean like who really thinks besides when you're going to like have sex or you're getting turned on about that particular set of muscle group, like group muscles, like no one does. And right. so it's actually kind of cool to, to sit with yourself and figure out what, what that looks like. For men, that would look a little different. Um, so that would be like watching your perineum like go up a little bit, like letting it tick up a little bit or winking the, the butthole. And like we all have to strengthen those muscles as we get older. So yeah, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about. Winking um, the, buck, the butthole, you know, Yes, I, I, I totally get that. You know, I've, I've been reading this book about the multi-orgasmic man and mm -hmm. um, one of the simple exercises or one of the things I try to remember or to remember to flex my pelvic floor is like yeah. when I'm peeing to hold it, um, pee again, hold it, pee again, mm -hmm. hold it. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's it, it almost like it's almost like I'm lifting a weight. Yeah. Um, and and that's how I remember. At some point, we'll have an episode on all of this. But that, that's what you're reminding me of right now. Mm -hmm. Good um, stuff. But, um, um, there's yeah. a guy on Instagram, his name is it's called like uh, Lance in your pants. And it's specifically pelvic floor health for men. He's pretty amazing. Might want to check him out. Oh, will do. That's that. Oh, and if you decide that that actually does turn you on, which we also found was that a lot of women who did this were like, now I'm ready to go. Um, we had another webinar called Nurturing the Orgasm, and um, that just kind of takes you to the history of orgasm. Did you know that they originally drew the clitoris as an on button, like, you know, like the circle with the line? Like, that's insane. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. So, um, yeah. So we kind of walk you through that and how to have better orgasms and we give uh, tips, lube, great pillows, mm -hmm. you know, things like that at the end. So, yeah. Well, again, um, we appreciate you having, uh, we appreciate you coming on our show. This, uh, this is great. I'm sure we'll be reaching out with other questions and I sure I'll What's be that? sure I'll be reaching out with other questions about pelvic floor because I've been somewhat awesome. obsessed with it. So you can find us at expansiveconnection.com. Mm -hmm. um, Twitter, we're at expand connect and Instagram. We are on expansive.connection.coaching. Take a look at our webpage. Check us out. Okay. So that was our, uh, interview with Miche. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Miche from expansive connections, uh, brought a wealth of perspective. I thought there were a couple of things to, uh, just acknowledge one that her and her partner have different, uh, not just different play styles, but it's almost like different sort of uh, relationship preferences. Uh, her being more on the poly side, him being more on the swinger side. Um, 
I thought that was that was interesting and something we haven't quite touched on, but something that I'm I'm running into more and more uh, these days. So we might have a, a uh, an episode on that. I also wanted to acknowledge what she said about um, about the danger of, of faking orgasm or or having that as a uh, a habit um, in your sexual experiences and the inherent damage that can cause um, in terms of you experiencing s- sexual pleasure when it's something you actually don't want to fake it on. Uh, I thought that was pretty uh, pretty interesting too. Um, but yeah, I urge you to check her out. Uh, we'll have her information in the uh, in the show notes. Um, so we're gonna keep this going. I think we have just. Uh, one more interview, uh, and we've, uh, saved the juiciest for last. Uh, so thanks for joining us. We'll see you in the next one. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please do check us out on Twitter and Instagram at black and kinky. You can also find us under the same name on Cassidy, APG, Amore Getaways, and Patreon. Check us out on Facebook and YouTube under black and kinky lifestyle. Feel free to email us at black the letter n kinky lifestyle at gmail.com or call and leave a voice message at 937-462-0744 bye black and kinky black and kinky, black and kinky lifestyle